You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Pashera. Uh, we got Robert Cotto. First time on the pod. Welcome, Rob. Hi, Welcome. thank you guys. Thank you so much. Welcome to quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, we've been doing. We're I we stopped calling it. We were doing quarantine emergency pods and giving them numbers, but so it was it pandemic emergency now. pods. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the fuck. Whatever it is. Bullshit. So well, it's become uh, less no, of an so emergency. Yeah, now it's just become regular reality. But yeah. uh, no, it's, it's cool to get you on. So you are a friend of Marcus Pinn, who's one of our favorites here at Kill You Last. Uh, he was just on again for the second time a couple weeks ago, put us in touch. Um, so yeah, so we've been communicating on Twitter. So excited to have you on. You picked a movie that I'm super excited to talk about. So I'd love to hear uh, your take on that. Yeah, no, so um, I picked, oh, I heard that pop. Uh, I picked uh, Bill Murray's and Howard Franklin's Quick Change. 1990 Warner Brothers. I think one of the 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 best comedies of the 90s, and uh, certainly one of the most underrated films of the last 30 years. It's kind of one of these movies that if you know it, you're a massive fan of it, and if you don't know it, it's a, it's ripe for rediscovery. So yeah, it's one I of my favorite pictures. I don't think it's underrated. I think it's completely unknown, which is a travesty. I think, yeah, I think. I think you're right about that. I think it's one of those movies that somehow got lost in the shuffle. Um, and I, I consider 90 the end of the 80s. This is still, to me, this is like still Bill Murray, the 80s superstar. Oh, like yeah. Whatever reason. This is definitely an 80s vibe, even though 1990. You know, um, I, and to corroborate your point, I, I had not heard of this movie at all. Uh, this is my first time hearing of it, seeing of it, or seeing any scenes of, in it, too. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I remember being a kid and seeing the commercials and all they showed in the commercials is Bill Murray as a clown. Mm. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then I remember somebody in my class being like, dude, that movie is so funny. And then I sought it out. Mm. But if it, if it literally wasn't for another kid in class saying that, I might have missed it too. So, mm. yeah, yeah, Rob, go. I mean, go in on what you think. Uh, I mean, are you a big Bill Murray guy? Or you, uh, like, well, I'm a – and initially, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but I mean, I'm 38 years old, so I was young when this movie came out, and I did see it upon its uh, theatrical release. Um, during that time, I mean, it's in, in essence, it's the follow up to Ghostbusters 2, which, you know, however you feel about that, I mean, as a, as a nine year old, I loved Ghostbusters 2. I thought it was fun, it was hysterical. Yeah. But I was also very much a, an original Saturday Night Live fan. And I had um, I had discovered the uh, a half hour compilation series on Nick at Night that they did of the best of Saturday Night Live. So I became real exposed to SNL seventy five to eighty series around this time, and so I was a massive Dan Aykroyd fan. I was a massive John Belushi fan. I, you know, unfortunately, as an eight and a half year old, nine year old, learned about what a drug overdose was, you know, oh, yeah. really wow. quickly. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so it, it, 
you know, but so so in a way it was it was an offshoot of that. And by, you know, July 1990, I had already seen Stripes. I had already seen Meatballs. I had seen both Ghostbusters movies, Scrooged. I knew who the Loopners were. I knew who Nick the Lounge Singer was. So going into, into this movie, you know, it's just, you know, you're going to see a Bill Murray comedy. Yeah. And I remember... I remember going and seeing it the weekend it opened. I also, and I don't have it here, but at the at the counter where you would buy your ticket from an actual usher when people bought tickets in person, they had they they had promo buttons. It was a little green button and it said "Quick Change," the logo of the movie. And I asked the usher if I could have one, and they had this whole ba- bag full of them and gave me a few, which I have in storage somewhere. So like. I already went into this movie going, well, look, I got a little, I got a little piece of novelty. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit here and have a good time. And it, I mean, for an hour and a half, not even. It's 89 minutes. Yeah, it's a quick it's one. a yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, it was a blast then, and I actually watched it the other night, and I've seen it subsequently. I mean, I've seen it. I want to say I've seen it like 35, 40 times in, in, yeah. in 30 years, if not more. Like I, I'm up there with you. I actually, it was really fun to revisit this movie because I, I own the DVD, but I haven't watched it in years. And I, I, haven't, I, put uh, it up. I got it back for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it would like, and it, this is, this has been happening. We've been, we've just sort of coincidentally been doing a lot of New York movies and right. Like I love going back now as an adult who lives in New York City and rewatching the movies that as a kid I didn't know like I didn't know what the BQE even meant. <laughs> Do you know right. what I mean? Like and going back and rewatching and be like, oh my God, that's where the bank is? Around the corner from Grand Central? Like I've right. walked that corner a hundred times in the last two years and I didn't yeah. even realize that's where it was. And to me it's funny, we just did Escape from New York a couple weeks ago. This movie is Escape from New York, and that's one of the things I always loved about this movie. Is is uh, I mean, huge Bill Murray guy. Like to me, it's this, it's Lost in Translation, it's Ghostbusters, and it's Rushmore. And it's Which really hard. Last night. It's really hard for me. Like I love those movies for different reasons. And sure. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters to me is my favorite New York City movie. Mm-hmm. And but like re- like I could on a given day I could argue that this is my my favorite. Of Bill Murray movie and my favorite New York movie because I love New York City, but I love New York City the way a person who knows it deeply also hates New York City. <laughs> and that's really, I think there was a quote online that Bill Murray said, like, this is a movie for people who, if, he's like, people who really know New York City hate the city the same way that I do. And that's what like this movie is about. And it's like, and it is. And again, it, like, an 89 New York City is not. 2019 or 2020 New York City and it's so fun to go back and see what the city was at that time period because it's like it's so like it's it's all of those guys it's the fucking bus driver it's the construction worker it's the Chinese guy at the bodega it's like it's such a love affair to all the things that drive you crazy about New York City and yet it still all happens perfectly structured in under 90 minutes yeah, and yeah. it features. I want to say, and I have a couple things that you 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 know you mentioned there. And I want to go back to, but and it, it, but it features. I think all time best performances from Randy Quaid, Bill Murray, and then you know people like Stanley Tucci, who you had never seen before, and now you've always seen since. You know, yeah. was in this movie first, or you mentioned you mentioned um, you know the bus driver. 
you know, Phil Bosco, great character actor who's no longer with us. But, I mean, that's a perfect role. But anybody, you know, for me personally, whenever I see Tony Shalhoub, I don't think of Monk. I don't think of Mrs. Maisel. I think of Bleftoony. I think of <laughs> him in that cab. <laughs> yeah, that he's is hilarious. One of the greatest comedic performances yeah. of all time. Because it's about New- like, I was just, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, no, we, should, we should just, just took like a, a quick, because again, there's going to be a lot of people that haven't seen this. So the, the movie starts with a bank robbery. It's actually, it's actually an ingenious plot like if you were going to pull off a bank robbery this would be how you'd want to do it yeah well, and so, it's it's basically dog day afternoon if dog day afternoon worked if they got out of the bank yeah yeah if they got and, out of the uh, bank this is how 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 it would have been so bill murray's dressed as a clown he holds up the bank he starts making ridiculous demands and he's going to give one hostage at a time what the cops obviously don't know is the first two hostages are his accomplices, and then he comes out in a disguise. And what's so brilliant, the- just just while while you're explaining, which I think you should continue to, but um, is you the you the audience and the viewer, you also don't know that these at the time of them showing like each um, of the hostages being released, you're fully being fooled by Bill Murray. You can't yeah. possibly know that these two hostages that are released upon first viewing are his accomplices. I know that because I just watched it three hours ago for the first time. And I was totally, I honestly was totally duped like four times in this movie. That that was like yeah. the first time. A newer version of this movie would start with 20 minutes of them planning the heist. Exactly. Like this, with these like this, cut scenes and just. Yeah. Bullshit. So this yeah. movie starts with, <laughs> and again, such a New York, like it's Bill Murray as a clown on the subway, walking down the street and pissed because of the random things that happen to you as you're walking down the street. In New York. In New York City. Yeah. Well, and, I'm going to piggyback off that for a moment. You know, sure. the movie starts off, you know, with a, sc- a shot of the skyline and then it jiggles and you realize that you're on the uh, the subway and then you realize that you're on a crowded subway. And the way that they shot the that initial scene of him sitting on the subway with everybody else is probably the most authentic subway shot mm. You know, in any in any of the New York movies that I've that I've ever seen, and I've seen them all, believe me. And it's one of the most, you know, it's perfect. You know, and then when him trying to get out, you know, banging the balloons. I mean, that's a that's a joke with the balloons, but that's real life. Even if I didn't have balloons, like I'm still trying to get off that train like that. Yeah. You know, every morning or two months ago when I was actually getting off the train every yeah. morning. No, and it's and so the the they get they escape. It's ingenious. Now all they got to do is get to JFK. All they have and, to do is get out of the city. And, they and they're scot-free. They got tickets to go to Fiji. So the movie is them literally trying to get to the fucking airport. And every everything that can go wrong goes wrong. And that's that's it's so simple, but it's actually I think it's I didn't realize this. it's based on a novel. A French, really? I believe it was a French novel that then got turned into a French movie first. And then Bill Murray. So this is, so this is the only movie that Bill Murray directed and he co-directed it. And he never wanted to direct him. This is a really bad experience for him because this movie like was a flop, and it was kind of the end of Bill Murray as a mo- like Bill Murray does Ghostbusters monster hit Ghostbusters two, goes to France and like studies at the Sorbonne for a couple of years and just like disappears, comes back. This does not do well, and it could have like I mean you have what Rushmore came out in what ninety six ninety eight. So, Rushmore, so this so this comes out in 90 and he had done the whole thing at the Sorbonne 
in between Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. He tells the yeah, story right. about how how he got roped into coming back to do something like Legal Eagles, and then he didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, they wanted to do it. <laughs> he said, I love the the balls of a Bill Murray is I mean, he I think he's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one he's like I love his comedy, but also the character of Bill Murray and the balls mm-hmm. of him and how he managed his career is is also like what's so ingenious about him. Yeah. And he I mean people I mean I think it became cool to be like Bill Murray fans and like it became like a hip Williamsburg thing to be into Bill Murray. Right. But yeah. Bill Murray Bill Murray was one of like the three or four biggest box office draws of the 80s. Like it's hard to like it's hard to make sense of like how much money Ghostbusters made and what a huge part of the like spawning a cartoon and toys and sequel like the fact that they're still making Ghostbusters movies now and they're trying to drag these guys back into it like and right. he's just like had this like aloof attitude about the whole thing which is awesome like I I, I fucking love the guy yeah no I mean you you look at but then you look at the choices of of movies that he made you know in between this and you know and Rushmore and the and the and the rather interesting one I will point to because I, I, I'm a massive Scorsese fan is Mad Dog and Glory, written by Richard Price, and starring movie. Robert De Niro and Uma Thurman. You know, which in a way is kind of like, you know, in a way, it's, Midnight Runs a good double feature with that because you got Robert De Niro playing against type in both films. Yeah, you know, De Niro was originally offered the Groden role. Whereas De Niro was also originally offered the the Frank Milo role and this, and he's like, no, nah, I want to play the schlub. Let Bill Murray play the, you know, the gangster witch, and and yeah. it totally works. So Mad Dog Glory is another movie that people don't know about that Correct. I love. Like Alex, like De Niro plays like a schlubby police photographer, and Bill mm. Murray plays a mobster who owns a comedy club and goes up in front of his like. I can't believe how do I, how have I never heard of this? It's, it's perfect. So. so De Niro Bill Murray and go, Bill Murray he goes, and a comedy. He goes up in front of his like the other minions, and they have to laugh at him because he's the mob boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so great. the the premise of the movie is De Niro saves Bill Murray's life, and Bill Murray yeah. goes, "I owe I owe you, so I'll give you my girl to possess." And the girl is a young Uma Thurman. Oh shit! He's like lit- he's like literally here. Have this as a present, and it's a For person. A week. <laughs> Yikes. I fuck. I love that I movie too. Play now, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I Bill Murray has like he's kind of a melancholy. You know, I've, I've never seen Where the Buffalo Roam, and I've never seen Razor's Edge, and I know those are movies that he like really cares about, and like he wants to be serious, or whatever. And they're flawed. I mean, they're, yeah. they're good. There's good performances in there, but they're both flawed movies. But Rush, like Rushmore, to me, I was thinking about this today. Like, like we've talked about this a few times. Like Tarantino was like like foundational for me like going to see pulp fiction was a big experience for me because i was like i didn't know you i didn't know you could do that how old were you when pulp fiction came out 15 i'm I'm gonna be 41 in a couple days all right so fair enough sorry we're about the the same the next the next movie that i could say that about is rushmore right that movie hit me like a ton of bricks and i was like wow i I didn't even know you could make a movie like that and Bill Murray's performance in that is fucking out of this world. But th- that's a different Bill Murray. And I still like this Bill Murray is he's a he's a dick. He, he some I was like he somehow talks 
his two friends into robbing a bank. Yeah. And you never like I can't talk my parents <laughs> into getting me a dog for Christmas. And this dude like credibly convinces people and you don't doubt you never go oh wait a minute he like when you think about it the premise of the movie is he roped two other civilians into bank robbery he roped that's his not pregnant girlfriend his girlfriend who, who, <laughs> yeah who they insinuate is somewhat uh like sexually into the idea of bank robbery a number of times yeah. in this movie mm -hmm. he says every yeah. time i describe the plot we need to be near a bed like basically <laughs> Because he's basically like he's Bill Murray just low key gets away with being like any if anyone else if any other dude was saying some of the shit Bill Murray says it, he would be the creepiest guy but Bill Murray's just so smooth and it, I don't even think it's like his characters I think it's just him as a guy he's just so <laughs> yeah. smooth that like whatever he says he gets away with and uh, Gina Davis is like completely in love with him this entire movie but she's so you know conflicted yada yada but it's all bullshit she's obsessed with him and she And just, she's never looked better by the way. On dude I've been yeah. looking up uh Google images of uh, Gina Davis hot. <laughs> I have this pulled up on my fucking <laughs> screen right now. She's so fucking hot and she's yeah. also um I don't know like she's kind of still hot and she like oh, was amazingly Very attractive. beautiful woman. Yeah absolutely. man. What else is she in? What have I seen her in? Thelma and Louise. Been a okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thelma and Louise, The Accidental Tourist, uh, with the Long Kiss Goodnight. Right? Yeah. I don't know. She I, kinda, I, think, cut, I think she did. Cutthroat Island. <laughs> she did TV for a while, right? Wasn't she on a TV show? She must have she been. like the first president, the first female yeah, president? Yeah, they did a oh, show or something like that. You know what it is? Beetlejuice too. Oh, she was oh, in Beetlejuice. Oh, of course, of course. Of course. Yeah, How yeah. do you forget Beetlejuice? I, I almost so, did. I did for a moment. The yeah. thing about and the no. thing about her is like, like when people say statuesque, she's statuesque. Right. Like she's she's like built like a work of art. Like her mm -hmm. body, yeah. her body is retarded in this movie. I know. I don't know how to say it. Man, it is. And at the same and at the same time, like you don't doubt that she would be with Bill Murray, who's not an oh, dude. Absolutely. Uh it's just yeah, and Randy Quaid is now known for being crazy, but a great comedic performer. And like also kind of capable of being a little bit of a dick, but like really like that's a really that's a that the Randy Quaid character is an easy character to for you to be like, all right, fuck this guy. He's clearly make they should just like have him killed and get rid yeah, of him. Yeah, they should just and, it, <laughs> and they joke about over. it. They joke they joke about it during the movie, which is fucking great, because that's what you would do in that situation. You'd be like, Do we really need this guy? But he like that performance, you're you're playing second fiddle to Bill Murray. Right. And you're you're it's like it's like it would it'd be like a, a game where like Ron Harper on the Bulls decided like I'm gonna score fifty this game, Jordan. You just take a step back. Like <laughs> it's not an it's not an easy thing to pull off. You know what no, I mean? Like, he almost runs away with the movie from Bill Murray. Yeah. But it's also, so it's interesting. So this like again, so Bill Murray, not a movie director, didn't I don't think he wanted to direct this movie. I think they kind of decided to direct it. But well, I think he probably got roped into directing it just to you know, you know, budgetary wise, and just get it, know. just to get it done. It was one just of those to get it probably, done. Yeah. But like, this talk about like just the talent that they put into this movie. Kirk Kirkwood Smith as a gangster, the dad from '70s yeah. show, is amazing. That's he's Lombino. Discovering Tony Shalhoub. Dis, discovering um, 
uh, Stanley Tucci, uh, like just and just like the way it's shot as like it, 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 it's funny because I'm watching and I'm like, oh, they even shot it like a like a Scorsese movie. Right. Like it even looks like a gritty. And in fact, I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is this is the Joker. Like this is another take uh. on, the, on the Joker. <laughs> This is literally like clown decides to become a criminal like before the Joker the Joker happened. Right. But um yeah, I, Alex, I'm curious like what first time what were you what were you thinking? I know you're a Bill Murray fan. Yeah, no. I I was um yeah, when I saw it was Bill Murray, I was like, oh, "Okay, this is going to be good." But um I I thought it was hilarious. I thought there was a lot of um like setup punchline, well, not punchline, but setup like hit you kind of jokes. There was a lot of jokes in the movie. They all kind of worked for me. Uh, I mean, I was, I was, I was entertained, uh, all 89 minutes. I love a short movie. I, I, like you said, um, uh, just recognizing some of the areas, like the initial neighborhood that they get lost in where they can't find the BQE. I was just trying to figure out where that was. Cause it all looked so familiar to me. And just like in general, um, getting duped a few times watching this, I, I, I had a great time watching it. Um, the one thing I would say is I liked Bill Murray and Gina Davis. I guess I might differ from you guys on the on Randy. Was it Randy Quaid? Mm-hmm. The yeah. third guy. He annoyed me a little bit throughout this movie. It was like, all right, a little much with the with the character. Like, I get it. I get the role. I get the script he's got to do. But it's just like, I mean, I, I maybe it's the character I'm annoyed at. But I, I couldn't stand him by the end of it. Kind of because I just wanted them to get away with it. And he was such a fucking like he was the only reason they weren't getting away with it at one point. He just was slow. He kept falling over for no reason. And he's like, oh, I can't go on. It's like, why, dude? Why? You just you robbed the bank anyway. Like, what do you mean now? You can't have the money taped to you. What do you mean? Well, and that's was, one of the best jokes in the movie is at the end when they're when they're in the bathroom and they're peeling the money off of him in the bathroom and the guy's standing there watching. Oh, that's the funny. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Bill Murray and him are in the stall. And the yeah, guy's yeah, getting yeah, all yeah. disgusted. He's like, You could keep this city. <laughs> Walks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, because the he's they're both in the stall and it's kind of that classic like all the sounds they're making right. together in the stall are just like, uh, like they just on, sound on, super sexual and just There's odd. There's so many, yeah. like the, the joke writing in this Oh, it's so movie, good. It's so good. But then also like, and that's what, and, and again, this is another reason I love this. Like, like the, the joust, the bicycle joust. Oh, that was oh my hilarious God, too. Like, the best thing ever. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, it, it seems like it, it came out of a, a, a like movie. That. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I couldn't even figure out where it came from, but it seems like it's exactly what you might see in Bushwick in 1989, and your response would be like, "Oh God, no! We like we're gonna die now. <laughs> like you can't. Like it's I, literally, it's an unbelievable well, then I, thing." That, and then Bill Murray's line after that is like. Like he's trying to calm them down. He's like, oh, it's just two guys settling a dispute. (laughs) (laughs) They're literally like jousting on like, what is it? Shopping carts or what what were they? they, they, I think they're they're on bicycles and they're using using mop sticks without the mop in it. And then the the like the scene where he's got to get the exact like the the bus driver with the exact change. It's like oh that guy's hilarious have, too. How many times have you dealt with a, a bus driver that doesn't give a shit if you live or die? They're just so regimented in how they do oh, stuff. Yeah. Like oh well, well, that guy in twenty twenty, I mean, full blown autism. Get behind the white <laughs> line. Get behind the white line. No, no, exact change. Exact change. He's fucking autistic. But and they then, didn't like know back then. And like like Bill Murray, like. 
Bill Murray has to go get change in the bodega, and there's a woman in front of him. She's doing her like week shopping. Yeah, and I and I've I've done the thing that Bill Murray does, which is try to accelerate the transaction. Like I've been like, no, no, it's like, groceries. Like, yeah, yeah. You, like I, just, I literally will be like, we we have to do this better than we're I know. doing it right now. There's <laughs> yeah. got to be a better way to like. I don't care. Come on. Like if I, I don't care <laughs> if I have to pay for your groceries. Yeah. It, it actually made me think of a time like my, you know, my parents live in Jersey and they're they're getting old and they live a simple life. But they came into Manhattan and I and in Midtown, like during the day, we went into a Dunkin' Donuts and we it's, it just happens to be an empty Dunkin' Donuts. So we're in there and they're look and my, you know, it's Dunkin' Donuts. It's not like learning like reading the menu at per se. Like they know Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and and they're and they're going. My mom's going, Joe. What do you you want, Splenda or? Do you want a crueler? And like next thing you know, there's 30 people in line at the of Dunkin' course. Donuts. And I was like, I had to like take over. I was like, listen, he's getting, you know, milk and one Splenda. She's getting it black. I'm getting two sugars. Give me some crawlers. Let's get the fuck out of here. It's like that, that, like that New York thing where you like, all right, let's just, I'm not being a dick. I just want this to go as smoothly as possible for everybody and get the fuck out of here. And mm. it's so funny because now no one is in a rush to do anything. Oh, just because of quarantine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I thought for a second you meant in New York. I was like, no, it's it's still like that for sure. I almost got into a fight with a guy in a supermarket the other day for, for the line. Because, you know, everybody's like waiting like six feet away from each other in line. Right. And I said, I was like, no, you know, I was already here. And then I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just go ahead. And then he said, he goes, he goes, if it wasn't for what's going on right now, we'd have a problem, but we all got to stick together right now. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, I'd almost rather just fight you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guy. What the hell's going with that guy? I don't want, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would almost rather just for old time's sake, just get in a full on screen. Well, yeah, oh, for old time's sake, but also for fucking saying that. Cause like the only reason you say that is because you're an asshole. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right. yeah. What the fuck? If this was any other time, you just want to say that. Go. I let you go. Don't worry. I let you yeah, go. Yeah. It's just like, guy's whatever. probably half. I don't know. Definitely that an means, Italian guy, right? I don't want. I don't want to say. I don't. I mean, say. come on. We're we know our kind. What um? Yeah. What oh, I oh, do you actually. guys live in? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Well, where do you? Where in the city are you guys? We're actually pretty close by. Uh, he's in uh, uh P- yeah, Peter. I, I live um, in East Harlem. Yeah, and I'm I'm a uh, I'm a few blocks down uh in the Upper East Side, kind of by the York. Yorktown. Yorkville. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or Yorkville rather. Right. Yep. Very cool. What about you? What about you? I'm in Astoria. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. I'm right by the what? airport. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. About well, 21 you, uh, minute walk. <laughs> th- like this, this movie, uh, like colored my experience, like h- how I thought about JFK for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like I, cause I, I grew up in, uh, in Elizabeth, which is right where the Newark airport is. Right. But a lot of times you have to go to JFK for like international flights and right. I just always assume, like I would, leave, like I'm the kind of guy that gets to the airport like 10 minutes before the doors are closing. Mm-hmm. And for JFK, I just assume like it's going to take six hours. Like we might as well right. leave. Let's leave at dawn because we're never going to get to JFK. Like you know what right. I mean? Like it, it like literally instilled fear in me of how how hard it is to get to JFK. And then you drive on the Beltway and it takes you 80 minutes, and you're like, oh, this is a fucking piece of cake. <laughs> oh, the best is taken. Is, is is taking a cab at like five thirty in the morning for an eight o'clock flight out of JFK because 
you just get right on the highway over here and you're there in like 14 minutes. Yeah. No traffic. You're, you're right there. I actually got enough. I got into a fight with, uh, I used to do this as a bit. I don't, I got into a fight with a cab driver. My, uh, I was going out with a girl and she lived in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. we were going to JFK and he decided to go like towards the city on the BQE and then cut over. If that, so he yeah. he went tw- he went towards Manhattan during at rush hour, right. and then cut over, and he was like this sweet little guy, and but he's he's like yeah he goes I think uh, I think I made a mistake, and we get we're we're going and she's like whispering in my ear she goes I did this trip with my sister, and it was you know twenty eight dollars and I was like what. The meter got to like $56. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so at the end, I've never done this before or since, but I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, you said you made a mistake. He goes, yeah, you know, I, I made a mistake. You know, I'm sorry. He goes, just give me whatever you want to give me. And I think I gave him like 35 bucks. Mm-hmm. Again, when the meter was 58, but she told me that it cost her like $30 the last time. And he's like, kind of shakes his head. And then later, like, I was like, you sure it was 30 bucks? And she goes, 30, maybe, it might have been 40, maybe oh, no. 50. And I go, oh, God. And she goes, what's the difference? I was like, the difference is I stiffed the guy 20 bucks because you told me he was ripping us off. Well, he should have just flat rated you anyway. Well, I he know. He seems like a nice guy who just I know, I made it, a mistake. It's just so funny. It's like, she's like, yeah, what's, I was like, I, I get it. For you, like money is not even a concept that you're familiar with. So of course, <laughs> of course, 30 yeah. and 50 are the same thing for you. But um, yeah. so what, what, Rob, where did you, did you, you grew up around here or? Well, I grew up in Connecticut and, and, but then I moved out here when I was 18 and I went to St. John's University oh, in nice. Queens. So I, I was lucky in that. In that my New York experience going to college was I didn't go to college in Manhattan. I went to college in Queens. So I was able to kind of um, – I love Manhattan. I love everything about Manhattan. And I know every I know quite a bit about Manhattan, period. But I also like to pride myself on the fact that I'm just not limited to, you know, just Manhattan. And mm-hmm. the yeah. St. John's experience really gave that to me because a lot of people that – you know, it was primarily a commuter school when I went there, and but that they had just open residence halls. But any of my friends all drove to the to the you know to the campus, and they lived out on Long Island, or they lived in Brooklyn, or they lived you know other parts of Queens. So I was able to really you know get a borough education as opposed to just like this you know hipster centric manhattan life which i did too like i I, you know i hung out in the village all the time and obviously i went to movies left and right but it was you know it was good to have that kind of diverse uh education in new york you know yeah yeah, that's part of the reason why i stayed in queens because it you know i mean i i i've I've been having manhattan withdrawal lately Mm. And it's oh, been diffi- and it's been difficult. Tell me but, about it. I just um, I just it, came back. From- it's it's been nice to, but it was always it was always nice to not have to deal with the city or to be able to like get an apartment somewhere where the rent was 
was was decent and they still gave you you could still get a rent stabilized apartment yeah. you know and um but that was part of the reason why you know I I wound up staying in Queens is just because you know to me there was more to New York City than just Manhattan yeah I, and now I just I'm came, like oh, I miss it so I came back from Jersey today and I what what I do is I drive I take the long way home now because mm-hmm. I just want to I just want to see the city. Do you know what I mean? Like normally I would come over right. to George Washington. I'd race and come to down, come down and like find a you know parking spot. Now I go over the Holland tunnel and I drive through a little bit of the village just to see like, and I mean, and all you quiet. see is just empty everything, but yeah, it's, uh, this movie is like, it's true. Like this movie is a, is a love letter to New York for people who hate New York. Like it, all of it makes like, it's, there's nothing in here where you're like, that's not fair. That's like a shitty thing to say about New York, but it's like you like it's a real insidery thing. But like, and, and all the characters are there, right? Like the Wall, the douchey Wall Street guys, the blue collar guys. Like the I mean, when when they just when they just like when they get on the bus and the camera just pans to the people on the bus, it's like mm-hmm. that's all, that's all of New York. Like that could be like Correct. the mo- that could be the model UN of a bus in New York City, and it's like it's it's funny because it's like one of those things where. Like it, it like it's all people that don't like each other that don't fit. Like there's no there's no community. There's there's just like pockets of people that don't like each other. Right. That are just jammed into these spaces, and somehow we fucking make it work. Mm-hmm. But it's also like on the precipice of disaster at any moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know? that guy who's getting his head shaved in the bus, and then the yeah. bus stops, and you know, she nicks him. Uh, the, yeah. And the poor guy with the guitar. I always feel so bad for the guy with the guitar case that can't, <laughs> can't get on. The get bus. on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it's just like it's all the fr- it's all the frustrations because like I like I say like New York City is 11 million people like who at one point had a therapist tell them, hey, you know what you could use like a, a like a house in the country where there's fresh air and nobody <laughs> around you, and they all decided to go, nah, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the thing that really exacerbates whatever my mental illness is <laughs> and uh, you know, whatever it is, we just decide to like pack it all in with each other. And, um, but I also think like it's a, this movie is like a little nostalgic too. Cause like a lot of the like blue collar, like, like people always like people who are not you know from here would ask me like, Oh, what's a, like, like I have family in Italy and like, they think a, a New Yorker is like, is like a movie star who speaks perfect like diction you know, it has perfect diction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they don't know that really what a New Yorker is, is like kind of like somebody who's like rough around the edges that like is a, is a hustler and a scammer who, you know what I mean? Like who's like just fig- how to figure out how to survive in this place. And it's not, it used to be a, more of a blue collar town in right. that way that you could see in this movie. Well, I mean, gentrification ruined it. I mean, yeah. especially in Manhattan, you know, and, and, and in a way, that's that was another reason why, I, you know, I like where I live because it still has a kind of neighborhood feeling to it. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of that missing now in Manhattan. Maybe it'll come back now with everything that's going on because, I mean, I've had friends tell me that you wouldn't believe how quiet it is around here. You wouldn't believe how many stores are boarded up. You wouldn't believe how many, you know, you know, how many things are dark. You know, because yeah. 
it was too much. You know, there's a really great shot in in in, in Quick Change where where Bill Murray, you know, is is in the back of uh, I want to say they're in their car, and and he looks out the window and he sees the development of the, you know, the building that's going to go up, and it says studio starting at seven hundred thousand dollars, and he goes, why, <laughs> you know, why do you know, and and there's this. And even back then, there's this whole idea of a vanishing New York. Even then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny because it's one of those things where the same way that, you know, people have been talking about how bad the kids are and how bad entertainment is for, you know, generations and generations. People have been talking about the decline of New York. It was, it was always better in New York City 10 years ago. Right. No matter when, no matter when you're talking about. Right, but uh, yeah, it's it's funny because like that I mean, we haven't even mentioned it yet. Like Phil Hartman is another guy who was like sort of brand new, like had been on SNL for a couple of years, has one quick scene, and there and Bill Murray very smoothly, you know, he uses their real estate anxiety right to get to, to get out of a tough situation, you know. And it's funny because like watching that, I'm like, yeah, twelve, you know, twelve hundred dollar rent versus twenty six hundred dollars. Like it's like that conversation makes as much sense today as it did then. Definitely. Right. Even, even, and even the, when no, you hear it, you're like, oh my god, look at that rent. That's unbelievable yeah. for that place. Right. You know, it's but like even also, when you go back and watch Annie Hall. You know, when you know Annie and you know Woody are talking about moving in together, and she's like, that place is four hundred dollars. And he's like, that place is four hundred dollars. It's got bad carpeting and bugs or whatever it is, but it was yeah. still a four hundred dollar rent on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Yeah. Well, he's also anxious about his rent, and he has a gun because he knows that any time he's expecting to get robbed, which is another, no, right. which is a part of New York City that's not doesn't really exist anymore like thankfully like that was a real like i have friends yeah, that, that grew up in manhattan that would just they had like they had money in different pockets for the muggers mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so they would like they'd hide money in their socks so the muggers wouldn't find it right and um yeah it's 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 funny because like you know my my grandfather came here in the 50s and he was like i got an apartment for 50 dollars a month on like second avenue and third you know in, in the in the 20s Back wow. when a guy like laying asphalt could rent an apartment in Manhattan. And um, I don't know. You know, it, it makes me – we've done this a few times, but, like, it just, like – this whole situation just makes me, like, sad for New York City more than anything else, you know? Because we don't, we don't know. We don't know what's going to – and I don't want to be, like, a, a bummer about it, but, like, a movie like it's not this – good. A, a movie like this a year ago, I would have been like, this is fucking hilarious. Like I grand central, <laughs> but like think, think about Bushwick now, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like I'm watching it and I'm like, fuck, you know? Yeah. Well, it might be going away. I mean, yeah, it's seriously, the out of all the things that have affected New York, even, you know, 9-11 it might not be as bad as as this right now. Right. Yeah. For, for 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 making it what new york is that that new yorkness is in in jeopardy right now because you know i i mean a huge part of new york is probably three million small businesses you know and like how many what a million maybe closed i mean it's bad it's really bad so i i know i hate to be all somber too but you know it is i i also think you know we should we shouldn't like gloss over it because it's you know it's a real thing and it's our home. So I got really upset, and I got again like I I, I always like debate how like political or whatever I want to get in on this podcast, but like 
I got oh, upset. No. I got oh, upset. No, no, no. And I, and I didn't I'm even, kidding. I'm kidding. Go, you, go ahead. Just one minor point because people are like, yeah, yeah. I, this is a great time for busybodies and tattletales. If you're oh, a hypochondriac no. tattletale, like this yeah. is a dream fucking come true. Yep. So it's very easy for some people to say, oh, all those people who want to restart the economy, all they care about is dollars over people's lives. Okay. Right. I, this is why I got upset. I went to my deli across the street that's owned by a Hispanic family. It's a mother and a father and two daughters. And they're scraping by. That's their family. That that's right. That's, and then I and then I went and my laundry that um, is owned by a Chinese family. Like the mm-hmm. son works there, the mom and the dad. They I've been I've been taking my laundry to Jersey because I've been doing a lot of work uh, in Jersey. So I just brought my laundry to my parents. So I hadn't been there in a while. The laundromat is boarded up. They're they're not even opening the laundromat. Mm-hmm. That's their that's their dream. Like I'm not, I don't give a fuck about like Goldman Sachs could disappear into a fucking volcano. I don't care. I don't care about right. Chase Bank. I don't care about NSF. Right. But don't tell me that this is just about like sooner or later people gotta people gotta live, and it can't just be yeah. like well you like, like what is it like what is the solution? It's not. It's not. It's. It, there has to be something you just can't have. Like I know people that own their own, you know, own restaurants. Like, yeah, I, I worry Same. about those people. It's not, it's not just, uh, you know, billionaires who want to profit. Cause, cause no, guess what? It's mostly not dude. People profit off of, of shit. Be, you know, people short the market and they make money when, when there's a recession. So the idea that you're going to stick it to the billionaires is, is, is a fantasy anyway. It's like just, that, it's, it, it's bred out of ignorance. They don't like that. That's what people who don't really are. I mean, to be honest, who aren't really that educated w- would be like, oh, so you're putting the economy over people. But it's like, no, the economy is people. See, that's yeah, the thing that right. they don't understand. So, it's, and it's yeah, not, it's, it's not these evil white men that are doing it, it, it or whatever. Like, you know, yes, there are evil white men, but I'm not saying like, like, and yes. they are evil and we, white men. And, yeah, and we should worship them, <laughs> our overlords, right? Uh, no, that's. I'm I mean, they're my, they are my favorite, but <laughs> right. No, well, no, my point is, is though, like the people who this is going to hurt and impact are are regular people. It, it really is the, the the people that are super rich and evil, whatever like you're thinking of as, or you know, you in general is thinking of. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna. They have enough money. They could figure it. They have enough things in in different, you know, uh, invested into different assets that they could sell off. They 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 have their money, you know, set away in a foreign bank account that doesn't, you know, they don't have to pay any taxes on. They're going to be fine. And the people who are going paycheck to paycheck, or the people who had just a couple thousand in their savings, they're going to be fucked. Especially the ones that have yeah. small businesses in New York. I mean, I heard, it's bad. I heard, I heard somebody say like, uh, no business forecasts for zero. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So exactly. a, a business might say, all right, we made 100000 this year. What if uh-huh. we make 50000 next year? What are we going to do? Nobody plans for zero dollars. Zero revenue. It, no, yeah. it's impossible. So Especially in New York with the rent. Um, it's, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, again, like it, it is it, it is like um, like as, as much as it made me like a little bit like nostalgic and sad, it is like a love letter to like this city too and like what makes you tough. Like, it, like again, mm-hmm. this movie is about like how hard it is just to live in New York City. 
And that's one of the things I love about New York City. Like when people are like, oh, dude, I, you know, I love to visit, but I, I wouldn't want to live there. I'm like, I don't, don't even visit. I don't yeah, even don't want you coming here. in. Don't even, you're not, out. you're not yeah, making it yeah. better. You're, you're being here is not, and when people are like, oh, you know, the tourist dollars, I'm like, you ever been to Disney World? Is a Coca-Cola <laughs> cheaper in Disney World because of the tourist dollars? Like, you're yeah. not paying any less for shit because people are coming in here. So right. I want, I, I want it for me. Like, I'm selfish and I'm greedy. I want New York City for myself. But, um, and that's, you know, I mean, this, maybe this is me being like selfish and like childish, but I was like, I, I want New York City. Like, I want. You're, you're a New Yorker. It, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I love other places too. It's not like I'm not one of these people who are like I can I can't imagine living anywhere else. But I, there, it, New York City is special. Now that's me. I can't imagine <laughs> living anywhere else. Yeah. The first place that I'm going to when I head back into Manhattan isn't even going to be my office. It's going to be Katz's. Like, oh, I nice. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, like it God. was like I, I, you know, I live off the um, the E and the M line, so you know, I got I, I, my office is. On my my not my office, but my 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 typical subway stop is Fifty Third in Lexington, where I get off to go to work and whatever. Yeah, and I know well. the the night the night before the last night that I was there, I said, if the M comes to take me home, I'll go home. But if it doesn't, I'm going right to Katz's. And of course, mm-hmm. the M was right down there and took me home. And I thought it was a sign that I should be safe. And every day since then, I've been like, shit. I really should have went to Katz's. I miss that food so much. So that's going to be my, you know, my first, my first, you know, the first thing I do once my, my feet are going to hit Houston and Allen. That's where I'm going to be when I go back to Manhattan. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, to, to pick you off of a couple of things that you've said, you know, I, I love New York and I can't imagine living anywhere else. And, um, you know this, this this whole thing has just made me more more grateful that I've survived it because I went to school here with so many people and I've met so many people in the industry who could not for the life of them make it work they would come they would move back home to wherever they were they would try again they would move back and it was yeah. just this ongoing back and forth of trying to make it work and it's been and and and, and I've been the last one standing or one of them, anyway. And it's always been a sense. I'm celebrating 20 years here this year. And it's always been one of those things that, like, I wear proudly. And I know people who have, you know, who've escaped the city, you know, during this thing. And, you know, I was like, well, I wasn't going anywhere. I was staying right here. I had the opportunity to go away, have a house here, do this, do that. And I was like, nope. This is my home. Yeah. You know, I was here on 9-11, and that was a scary mm-hmm. thing. And for the first few weeks of this pandemic, I thought to myself that, well, 9-11 was scarier because, you know, I could have I could stand on my football field at St. John's and and see a big black cloud of smoke. You know, so to me, that was scarier than some virus that I couldn't see. Talk to me today, and I'm like, oh my God, don't go near me. I go outside, walk my dog, and I'm like Stay away from me and my dog, you know, you know, that's, well, that's the thing that I think is like, that's upsetting to me too, is it's like, this is like the perfect boogeyman, a Correct. thing you, uh, you can't see it. Oh, oh, you might be anti you know, asymptomatic and spreading the disease. It's like, and so it makes, and I, and I was talking to somebody about this. It's like, I, cause I've been going outside. Like I've been taking bike rides. I'm out. Like nice. I, I, I need to do that. But 
even just seeing all the people in the masks and that energy of like, don't get too close to me. Like there's like a psychic energy in New York City that's not good. Do you, it, like if it, everybody's right. infected by this energy. Right, yeah. Everybody is a potential danger to me. Right. Yep. This person could kill me if they get too close to me. Like mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a hard thing to like to just to live with. Yeah. You know. No, it really is. Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, you're you're by a hospital. I live by a hospital. I mean, you hear the sirens all night. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, I also, it's one of those things. I also hear the ice cream man though. Oh my god, so, Mr. Soft, he's so, everywhere. I didn't. I would have thought that would have been. Oh, just did we lose you? No, no, go on. No, we lost oh, you sorry. actually. <laughs> oh yeah, what happened? I, I, I heard it. You're all right. Oh, I could hear you, but yeah, you just stopped. I was gonna say I would have. I would have thought that would have been something to consider not safe to do. I live across the street from a playground. Like directly across the street is a playground, and so for years and years and years, you know, I, you always hear Mr. Softy would park right in front of the house, so I couldn't like. And all day. So you hear all fucking day. Yeah. You know, and 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 yeah, I thought that hey, I wouldn't hear it that much. And sure enough, even though the park is closed, I'm still hearing the theme song. Yeah. You know, they're out I, and about. Just to get, to get back to quick change, like, I don't even, I don't know if I even want to like say the jokes, but like there are lines from this movie that are like, I just say to myself. Sometime, you know, what like, I mean? like what? What, kind, what kind of a clown are you? The, the crying on the crying inside, on the inside kind of, yeah. I guess, is one of the funniest things I've ever. Like, I just I think about that uh, like all, all of the time. The uh, the 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 whole Tony Shalhoub, the honking of the horn and his like, it's just so fuck. I think I think Lumbino is a fucking amazing name for a mob boss. Like nobody does I, this to Mrs. Russ Crane. <laughs> I've never heard the name before. I don't even know if it's a real Italian name, but like never heard L- it again. Lumbino is a perfect name. It's a for great, yeah, it's a great. Uh, I'm trying to think what other. Um, oh, uh, up your butt with a coconut makes me laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> okay, so I want to just do uh, a couple things because I, I I know we're running short on time. Number one, we, you know, and to piggyback off of what I was talking about, seeing, you know, being a Saturday Night Live fan back then, you know, this movie really, in a weird way, kind of profiles three Bill Murray performances. When he's in The Clown, when he's in that disguise, and when he's not in the disguise. And and I love when he's the hostage that comes out. Yeah, spoiler alert, sorry. But, like, you know, when, yeah. when he's that, when he's, you know, the civilian. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, with that joke. I mean, it's one of you know, up your was, butt with a coconut. <laughs> that it was, dis- saw no it coconut. was disgusting. Like just that whole energy of that guy is like is yeah. perfect. And, I, like- and, and 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 to to shoot off that, we haven't discussed the brilliance of Jason Robards in that. Part. Oh my god, yeah, like that. It, it's because the thing is, you could you could spend all your time on like one segment of this movie, and Jason Robards. As the cop who's investigating is unfucking believable, and it's such a f- incredibly well developed role about you know this chief who's looking to you know maintain his legacy and at the same time you know about to go down with the biggest blunder of his career. Yeah, you know, and he just plays it. He just he's one of the he he's one of the all time greatest actors of all time. Period. No matter what movie he's in, you, you there's never a false note. 
in 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 his uh, work. If you're looking yeah. at anything from, you know, the Ballad of Cable Hogue to Once Upon a Time in the West, even you know, Parenthood or Matt oh, Miller. I, I, I was gonna say Parenthood when the son comes when you realize that he's gonna have to like that his son is still gonna be a deadbeat and he's gonna have to take right. care of his grandson. Like that moment of him just just accepting like this is my lot in life is it's so fucking good. He's, yeah, yeah, he's and and it's it's like. Uh, one thing that's kind of hard sometimes for movies to show is if a, if like a detective, you just take it for granted that a guy's a good detective. But it's like, how do you prove that a guy is a good detective? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you, you have to show them actually solving the crime. So you right. have to actually be like the, the writer has to be as smart as you're claiming the detective is. And in this movie, like as much as it's zany and funny, like he's a really smart cop. Like he's figuring right out what's going on and using like his like his experience and his detective work to solve the crime in a way that it just a straight movie and a straight performance would have been a good like detective movie you know right right and bill murray is such a it's funny and then it, and then the, and then and it's really you know smart you know you know smart writing or smart directing or however you want to put it but then bill murray then compliments it you know, a scene or two later where he goes, well, by now the cops have figured out that it's, you know, two men and a woman. And, you know, and just basically, you know, helps drive the narrative along. But you could see that that Grimm wasn't wasn't a moron. He wasn't Sonny Warts. No. He actually could pull this yeah. off. And for whatever he wins in we, the end, too. Yeah, he Sorry. totally so, wins in the end. He oh wins in the God. end. He becomes a hero. Everyone wins in the end except for the Italians. That's what I like. <laughs> and then when Robards figures it out, it's one of the great last shots. Yeah. And not to mention, it's just the, the you know, the, the, the score of the movie is great too. It's great. Yeah. Great, great score. And you don't, it really you don't, is good. You really don't see, you could say, all right, uh, you know, you really don't see the, the movie, the, the ingenuity of the way the movie is structured is you don't know what's going to happen with the bank robbery until the bank robbery. You don't know how they're going to pull it off till they pull it off. Right. And then you, you can say, all right, the middle part is everything that can get in their way of going to JFK will get in their way. And you could, I mean, but it's, I think it's well done, but it's not exactly like, that's a pretty basic structure, but the end of the movie, you don't see coming at all. Like you would never, yeah, you don't think, see them tie in that loose end yeah, up that, with Lambino. That, that that tie up is fucking is great. Like that's a mm-hmm. really well written like ending, and yeah. um, it's funny. Like Bill Murray, dude. I could again. We should like I could just talk about him for hours. But one of my favorite Bill Murray things is he started at Second City, right. and he was. Um, I mean, at a time when it was like Belushi and Harold Ramis, Ramis and Clarity so, and all those guys. I, yeah, I remember reading in like one of those like history of that time books is that he realized when he, they were doing like improv and he could, he wasn't going to like charge ahead and try to take over the improv scene. So he would just grab one of the girls and just start dancing in the back. <laughs> so whatever the scene was happening in the, whatever the scene was on the stage in the improv, Bill Murray and a girl were just dancing in the background. And so he just like, he found an ingenious way to like make, you know, to, to make himself, scene without coming out and being like over the top or you Mm -hmm. know trying that's such a smart like subtle thing to to do and even when he was at snl like he didn't really groove right away at snl and he started doing the the lounge singer and it's literally just him singing 
Yeah. Like there's no, there's no like real trick to this sketch, except that it's just a charming Bill Murray playing a ridiculous over the top lounge singer. And he like just had this, like, it just clicked. And that's what made Bill Murray a star. So you could just kind of put Bill Murray, like my favorite comedies are movies like this that are a real movie with a real plot with real characters, but mm -hmm. with, with jokes. And mm -hmm. that's like, Bill Murray is the, the king of that. You yeah. put him in any, like, I don't know if you saw Get Low a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I love that movie. Him and Duvall should have been nominated for, for Oscars. And that's so, a, absolutely, that, they probably should a, have both won it for that. Yeah, movie that's too. a regular, beautiful movie that that character, uh, 10 other actors would have played it 10, 10 different ways, but Bill Murray just can't help but being funny in that, in that role. And that's why he's right. never, he's, he never hits the joke. It's always, I don't, another funny, like the, in the bank, when the guy's like, you know, they didn't give me, give me a receipt, like watch the double negatives, pal. Like that's such a fucking hilarious <laughs> joke yeah. that comes out of Bill Murray's attitude. And, um, I just, I don't know. I just can't, like, I don't want to, I could have another podcast just dedicated to Bill Murray. That's what I'm saying. But this one, this, this movie like remains like, like a, a big one for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you also, you know, you also have to wonder just, you know, it might be unknown amongst a general populace, but you have to wonder, you know, is this a favorite of Sofia Coppola's? Is this a favorite of Wes mm -hmm. Anderson's who have been able to, you know, use Bill in a way that, you know, that has given him this this longevity, whereas there were other actors who came up with him on SNL who were equally as funny and talented and whatnot who have not been able to have that kind of latter day you know career with a young director or or not even a young director just anybody else you know it's almost like you know i mean it's unfortunate that we'll never know what the kind of career that john belushi would have had i've always said that john belushi probably would have had a career similar to bill murray's now well he he wanted to be marlon brando right he didn't want to be the clown Right. Yeah, no. He he I mean and, and and there's an interview with Dan Aykroyd and Belushi when they were promoting neighbors on the Today Show and you know, Gene Shallot asked Belushi, you know, where do you see yourself in ten years? And Belushi said doing Fiddler on the Roof. And they asked Aykroyd, What do you see yourself uh, doing in ten years? And he says, Directing him in Fiddler. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you 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 almost kinda wonder you know, I, I went off on a tangent about that, but you know, you 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 need to wonder you know just how you know this movie may be influential for us it may be influential for you know or it may be influential for those young guys for those young oh, guys I mean I, as I, I say I, young guys <laughs> and and Rushmore came out in ninety eight and Lost in Translation came out in what two thousand four yeah you know and we're approaching a sixteenth year you know that's sixteen years ago Rushmore's legal at this point. Quick yeah. Change is turning 30 this year, along I with Goodfellas and Dances with Wolves and a whole bunch of other movies. I found yeah. out to, I found out today, Googling this movie, that Sofia Coppola and Bill Murray have a new movie coming out. Yep, it comes out. It's coming out soon. It's going to be on... It's, I didn't it's know the first movie that I guess that Apple and A24 are doing together. Yeah. Oh, cool. Lost in Translation is another one for me. Like he should have won the Oscar. Like I can go back and watch that movie anytime. And like and, and even like Harold Ramis said, like that's that's the real Bill. Like that's the closest right. that Bill ever came to exposing himself on camera. And yeah. I fuck, and, I love that movie. 
that's a very personal movie for me professionally because when I started out working in the business, I I started out as an intern in the publicity department of Focus Features, and that was the first movie I worked on. And no shit. And when yeah, and when I have I I, I, and I used to wear it, but I put on weight and and it doesn't fit me anymore. But I had um, that camouflage army t-shirt and it said lost in translation yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you know it was it was a, it was a, but when he's saying in the karaoke bar what's so funny about peace love and understanding i have that i have a replica of that shirt and which is hysterical but I, it was it was one of the greatest things for me to be able to see that movie right before right when it was coming out and to be part oh, of dude. of of that it was my first gig in the business and to wow. be and to or one of my first gigs and to really be part of like wow Bill Murray might win an Academy Award this is gonna yeah. be wow Sofia Coppola is the first female American director ever nominated for an Academy Award like this is unbelievable I mm-hmm. you know I remember I it, it, it was a really really cool time I didn't get to meet Bill during that period I didn't get to, I've never met Bill but um it, it, it so yeah that's a very special movie. You know, yeah. from, just because it's great. I mean, it's also just oh, a it. great, great movie. Just, I'll, I'll tell you quickly. I, I'm a huge Francis uh, guy, Francis Ford Coppola, uh-huh. and um, got to have. I was in the wine business for a little bit, and I actually got to have a lunch with him when he was introducing nice. a, a wine to the New York market. And it was un- you can't even imagine like how incredible it was for me. Yeah. But at, at the end, he goes, he goes, listen, I got to get going. I'm supposed to meet Sophia. We're gonna go over the print for her new movie. And I was like, that's like this guy's like children are making movies. And like, and now he's like, they're like, el- like how fucking incredible is that? That he's like directed some of the greatest films ever, and now he's like, oh, I'm gonna go help my daughter make her movie like um, it's amazing amazing was what it was it lost in translation or was it no else? no it would have been i i think it would have been the beguile this was like a, maybe three years oh, okay ago. this would have been like three uh about three years ago i would say but just you like know, yeah it's just uh, like amazing to like because again like that that whole family and and there's like a cool like uh bill murray coppola you know thing where he did that where you know, uh, Talia Shire, who's Francis Coppola's mother, sister is, excuse me, sister is. Uh, why can't I think of his name right now? Um, Jason Schwartzman. His his mother. That's his so Jason's mother. Yeah, so that's so. There's that Coppola connection, like 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 Bill Murray would like very smartly uh, work with the, works with the Coppolas if he can. <laughs> yeah, you know, I will say, you know, by the way, I, I remember meeting Sophia then. And and I thought that she was a knockout in person. Yeah, like just total, total beautiful woman, stunning. Um, but uh, a few years ago, I went to, went to see um, The Godfather at Radio City Music Hall oh, went wow. for the Tribeca Film Festival. They did one and two, and then the the cast and crew came out after did a Q and spent all day at Radio City seeing this. And um, but the but for me, the coolest thing about that was. Francis showed up with his entire family, and they all yeah. sat like right in the orchestra watching The Godfather. And so Francis and his wife and Sophia, they were there. And they were actually 
they did that again this this past year in Lincoln Center for the Cotton Club Encore, which if you haven't seen, yeah. it's really, really good. I, I haven't seen it. He was actually talking about going to work on that too, that same that same lunch. Yeah, you it it really is he he really hit a home run with that one. It's really, really great. Revi- cool. It's probably the best of his revisionist, you know, recuts that he's done. Yeah, yeah. You cool. know, because I'm like, you know, whatever about Apocalypse Now in terms of how many times that he's cut it and cut it again. He should have just yeah, left yeah, it yeah. alone, personally. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Uh, maybe Bill Murray should uh, re-release this movie in the theaters and see uh, if we can finally get the love that it deserves. Well, it's funny, you know, uh, back in August, I want to say it was last August, um, Metrograph showed a 35 millimeter print of Quick Change and Howard Franklin was there. And here I was thinking, they're not going to announce it, but Bill's going to show up for this movie. Like, it's just what he does. It would be totally in the Bill Murray thing. So I went, and the theater was half empty, which was shocking, because you would think that all the hipsters that go to Metrograph would be like, oh, my God, i got to see this movie. Okay. And supposedly the print is very rare, too. So they wound up getting the print from, like, the Warner Vault. And it was in pristine condition. I'm a big 35 millimeter guy in terms of revivals. So if a movie's playing in a DCP, in a, you know, in a revival house, I won't go. But if it's playing in 35, it could be the scratchiest oh. print on earth. And that's to me is the way that it should be seen. So anyway, Bill didn't show up. But Howard Franklin did a Q&A and whatever. And then two nights later, Bill Murray showed up in the audience of Groundhog Day on Broadway and saw it for the first time. Oh, that's and so I cool. And I was just like, you could have been a quick change yeah, yeah, yeah. the other night. <laughs> you know, but that would have been great to, you know, I would wonder what his relationship with that movie would be like now. It's probably... You know, 30 years on, you know, and, and if he's not going to reissue it, Warner Archive really needs to do a Blu-ray, restore yeah, yeah. it in 4K and put it out. It would be a blockbuster seller. I have a junkie DVD that has no special features at all. I yeah, no, I mean, get... I had the VHS when it came out because I'm big physical media whore. Always have been, always will be. I don't care. So is Peter. You see and, that, Alex? Yeah. No, yeah, I see it. I don't understand it. Well. Your generation, you know, buddy. It's your generation. No, I get it. I have a thing with uh, like records. And, well, no, and but, but that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I get it. You know, I, I miss being able to go to – a video store and just discover. Let me and ask you. Let me ask you a question. Do you get Netflix DVDs sent to you in the mail still? <laughs> no, that I don't do. Yeah, because no. you're I, a sane person. Did you see the disdain, Alex? Did you see the disdain he just said? That yeah, to I'm, you? I'm frankly fed up with you. It doesn't make any sense. I think you're the only one on the island getting. You know what I looked? No. You, know you know what I looked you up know today? You're defending him. You know what I looked? You know what I looked up yesterday? Because my my brother was breaking my balls about this. I I've been getting DVDs from Netflix since 2006. I've gotten 830 disgusting 800 836 DVDs that I've gotten. You know from what, if, if I want a DVD, I'll I'll get it from the library. Because New I York do, Public I, I do New that York too. Public Library is great. You could request it and it's sent right to your branch. I do that too. Rob, I'm I'm just worried that my phone is actually gonna is gonna die. So we should. It's wrap fair up. enough, man. But uh, this has been great. I'm like, I, yeah. I, I, it, like I said, I, I was so excited to do this movie, and this didn't disappoint. Like this is exactly, I think Gone we gave, place. like we, uh, we honored a movie that deserves 
Hell yeah. to be as like as loved as much as we we love it. So I'm really glad that we were able to do this. And uh, I believe it's for, on Hulu thanks for, right um, now, right? Uh, is it? I downloaded it illegally, so nice. I'm sorry. I believe yeah. it is on Hulu. Right okay, now. good. So oh, I got good. Hulu. Yes, I read Perfect. that the other day. I, I, I believe it. Let's just say it is. And also, uh, I pr- thank you for picking it because you, you know, without you picking the movie, I would have never. I don't think oh, I would have ever I'm heard of you, it. I'm glad you. Um, it was really good. I really did enjoy it. You know, half the time I'm lying when I say that on this podcast. But I really <laughs> am not. This well, time. I, Alex, real quick. I mean, we heard. You know, we heard that Peter's a big Coppola guy. What I mean. You know, who do you love? Oh man, you know, I'm not really the the biggest movie buff, but in terms of like who I love, like and I'm a lot younger, I think. Well, not a lot younger. I'm probably 10 years younger than you and mm-hmm. you know, more <laughs> younger than Peter. Uh uh more than that. Um I like Quentin Tarantino, which I guess is a I guess what? Is that a hack answer? I love no. Tarantino. I like it depends uh depends li- on what Tarantino you like at this point. Yeah, you're not you're not allowed to like the wrong ones. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the wrong? Which what movies are the wrong Tarantino? Because I, I I don't know. I feel like I like most. Well, of them. it depends on it depends on the mood. But what I will say is, since mm-hmm. since we did since Quentin managed to come up here, um, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's a masterpiece, dude. Yeah, like, and anybody who says that it isn't, oh, those people are generally I find them very very stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like Tarantino. I like you know to get you an idea. I love Goodfellas. I can't, right. I, I know it's a pretty stock answer, but honestly, Goodfellas and Pulp Fiction are probably my two favorite movies of all time. They yeah. came out within a year of each other, so maybe I was. I was born in ninety two, and they came yeah. out ninety four. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, you know, but in terms of like, um, yeah, like to me, that's the ultimate movie. It's like a dark comedy, like 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 Goodfellas or something, like something that's just hilarious when you rewatch it, but is captivating the first time you watch it. Yeah, um, that's my favorite type of movie. Well, Marty will do that to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand why like movies like a lot of his movies that get shit on. Some of them more so than others. You know who Marty? Yeah, like The Departed, I feel like it's shit on all the time. I thought it was well, pretty I good. Mean, I don't a know. fucking rat runs across I don't, you know, the uh, thing at the end. I mean, uh, that's, that's a all, lot. That's I mean, a that's lot. But see, see, as a guy who's not, you know, I'm very stupid with movies. I, I, I probably didn't even pick up on that the first time I saw it. You know, the thing about The Departed is... That is annoying, though. No, I right. agree. The thing yeah. about The Departed is, and we could go off on a, on a, on a whole Scorsese thing, because he's my idol. I love him. But I, I, I it's not just the mob stuff. Mm. I'm a big defender of science. I think it's one of the best films yeah. in the last 20 years. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, and 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 then everything else in between. He just hasn't directed my movies. But the thing about The Departed is, you know, it's just Scorsese light. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it and it doesn't have, you know, the grit and the realism that Mean Streets, Goodfellas, Casino, Taxi Driver, all that stuff has. This is Marty just having fun and not taking himself too seriously, and he wound up winning Oscars for it. Yeah, right. I think that that's why it gets. I think it gets a lot of criticism from real movie people because they know that Scorsese deserves Oscars for his previous work, and then they know that Departed didn't deserve the Oscar but got it. Whereas, like, if it didn't happen, if we just took away awards, I mean, I don't think it would be as hated. I really don't think it would be as hated. No, it wouldn't probably would have been forgotten about. Yeah, it would have been one of like a okay, that was that was a movie he made. You know, you know, and it was great to have Jack in that. 
Oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah. You know, considering that it was one of the last. It's what Jack I fucking love about it, honestly. Well, and, and, and he's fantastic. And I think that if people led with that, you know why I love the part? Because Jack Nicholson's just fucking wild in it. I think yeah. I'd have a better idea. Yeah. How do you not have fun watching him? No, do, it's true. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. true. Some of those scenes are amazing. All right. We, anyway. we could go on for another hour and a half. But I, mean, yeah, and, I would, and I would gladly, I mean, we'll definitely have you we'll back. We'll have you back on. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Another movie. Whenever you guys want. We'll, Anytime. You know, you know, and, uh, we'll, we'll talk about movies that you haven't seen, Alex, and we'll. Oh, there's a ton. Don't you don't have to try. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't seen <laughs> Back to the Future before this podcast, so there's a lot of. Very, <laughs> Did lot you of like it? <laughs> I actually, I, 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 I liked the movie. It was enjoyable. I like uh, Doc. That was the reason why I liked the movie. I hated Marty McFly. I thought it was a stupid. <laughs> so yeah, I, well, I, like, that's my take. It's like uh, a generation. Someone Rob. who watched ET for the first time not too long ago and absolutely hated it. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. get on the whole Spielberg thing. I, I wouldn't uh-huh. push a Spielberg movie on you. The thing about I'll... kids or what? What thing? <laughs> wow. that's not, let's not start uh, a conversation I'm kidding, now. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Is a lot of those conversations. Though. Rob, where can people find you? What do you do? You want to plug anything? Or... Yeah, uh, I have nothing specific to plug at this time. Um, but you can find me on Twitter. My Perfect. Ha- I am at Rob Cotto at R O B C O T T O. Um, and yeah, I'm on Twitter and I'm willing to talk quick change, Scorsese, uh, yeah. and whatever else, you know, you know, movie yeah. stuff you guys want to chat. Yeah. Part about. of Physical that media movie. too, folks. Physical media. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> part of that movie Twitter that Peter's trying to get involved with. Uh, yeah, for sure. We'll, it's a we'll, dark we'll... place. <laughs> I, I know. That's what Marcus said. Like, <laughs> you know, Marcus is one of the, you know. Yeah. Is one of the nicer, you know. He's a great guy. You know, he one really of the is. nicer film Twitter, you know, folks. But, man, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot. And, and, I, and I'll say this here. There's a lot of people on film Twitter that don't know their film history. And they like to, you know, that's they like what, to pretend that they do. And that's when right. it becomes annoying for guys like me and Marcus who have actually done the homework and are not just listening to some director say, well, I ripped this influence and I got that influence, but I haven't seen the movie. You know, like that's a lot of the stuff that Marcus and I are, you know, and but to to credit Marcus, who, you know, who I'm thankful for in so many different ways, you know, his side by sides, man, they're the real deal. They're so fun. He's amazing. I love those. I look forward to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Rob, thank you so much for doing this, man. No, thank you, guys. It It was great. I really look forward to coming back on. Absolutely. Stay safe, man. You as well. Stay safe. Yes. All right. Bye, everyone.